Here's what's coming today on the Woodworking Network podcast. So for us in the wood industry, I think this is our opportunity to get a seat at the table. Welcome to this episode of the Woodworking Network podcast. Join us as we explore the business of woodworking, big and small, and what it takes to succeed. I'm Will Sampson. Today's episode is sponsored by the Executive Briefing Conference. We'll be talking with Kelly Victor Burke, majority owner and CEO of Burke Architectural Millwork and Bespoke Closets in Livonia, Michigan. She's also been recently appointed by the Federal Department of Labor as an apprenticeship ambassador. But first, I want to talk about solving the skills gap. We can't find anyone to hire. I hear that all the time. Business owners say they have plenty of work, plenty of customer demand, but they can't find the employees with the skills and motivation to do the work. Then the discussion usually devolves into a highly speculative and often political discussion of why that is. People point fingers at schools, government, and politicians, and the business owners and workers themselves. I'm much less interested in casting blame than I am in trying to solve the problem. The way I approach that is to find companies who are not having trouble finding and keeping good workers to meet the high customer demand for their products. While complaints about hiring good workers seem to be everywhere, there are a few companies who claim to have plenty of good applicants. What makes them different? Are they just unicorns, impossible fantasy creatures that don't really exist? No, they are very real, and they do exist. But from what I've seen, they combine a mix of practices and exist in a work environment that is all too uncommon. Inside these unusual operations, you'll see competitive pay and benefits at the higher end of the spectrum. You'll see team building efforts and in-house training designed to grow workers' skills. You also see opportunities to reach outside of the business for even more training and skills. That means frequent connections with trade schools, community colleges, universities, and even high school woodshops to support those programs and attract the best young workers. They are active in industry associations and lobbying for programs to address these issues. You also see active community involvement that includes charitable work and community service that might have nothing to do with woodworking or business, but it has everything to do with raising the company's profile in the community and region where it works and making those companies highly desirable places to work. So right about now you're saying, Fine for them, but we don't have any of those resources. We don't have woodworking schools to draw from. We can't afford to pay such high wages to draw workers from other industries. We don't have time to be active in the community. This is when you need to look in the mirror, ask yourself hard questions, and take responsibility for being the change you want to happen. Have ever you talked to educators to see how you could help grow existing programs or help create new ones? What training programs and opportunities do you offer inside your operation? Is there a clear path to growth for new hires? How can you find a way to pay for really competitive salaries and benefits? 
Are there benefits you can offer that are no cost or low cost, such as flexible working hours, along with activities and practices that remind workers you care about them, their families, their communities, and their futures? Back in the late 1960s and early 1970s, I used to listen to an alternative radio newscaster named Scoop Nisker. While legendary newscaster Walter Cronkite always signed off with, and that's the way it is, Scoop Nisker admonished his listeners, if you don't like the news, go out and make some of your own. On that note, I want to get to our interview with Kelly Victor Burke talking about creating an apprenticeship program. But first, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. It's really easy for woodworkers to stay stuck inside, focused on their shops and production. But over the last couple of years, the pandemic has forced them to be even more isolated than usual. And it's even harder if what you want is to network with the top-level executives in the industry. Where and how can you do that? The answer is the Executive Briefing Conference coming this September at the spectacular Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. This is an unparalleled opportunity to boost your business with intelligence on techniques, tools, and technology, and to feed on inspiration from real leaders in the industry. Not to mention taking all the high-altitude hospitality, beauty, and recreation offered by the Broadmoor. Learn more at executivebriefingconference.com. See you there. Now let's talk about apprenticeships with Kelly Victor Burke. Today our guest is Kelly Victor Burke, majority owner and CEO of Burke Architectural Millwork and Bespoke Closets in Livonia, Michigan. She's also been recently appointed by the Federal Department of Labor as an apprenticeship ambassador. Welcome to the Woodworking Network podcast, Kelly. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Well, that's great. Um, before we talk about your new appointment and what it means, I, I want to give our audience a little background. You were instrumental in getting a new national apprenticeship program for woodworking initiated. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I absolutely can. So I worked for three years with a group of very dedicated individuals, including other woodworking companies, associations, educational, collaborative partners, and we were able to get approval of a new registered apprenticeship through the Department of Labor called Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist. And this is a nationally recognized apprenticeship that's available to any wood industry company and any either new employee or incumbent employee. And it is a, an apprenticeship that is completely customizable to each company. But the main framework of the apprenticeship includes a, a combination of CAD together with CNC, cabinet building and panel processing, coatings, estimating, and project management. Well, oh, that's pretty comprehensive. Now, uh, so you say an apprenticeship. So, does there is there any funding for this, or what? What does it mean for a company to have an apprenticeship? I'm so glad you asked. You know, within the last year, the federal government they committed 3.5 billion dollars 
over the next five years to expand apprenticeship programs. So there is money available, there is funding available, both from the federal government and from state and even local governments. So the thing about a registered apprenticeship is that it differs from a, an internship because an internship is just a short-term uh, position and a registered apprenticeship in most cases is going to be about three to four years. And this uh, woodwork manufacturing specialist apprenticeship is competency-based. Well, it sounds like too, just the whole concept of an apprenticeship tends to be more of leading to a career rather an internship seems to me to be more of, you know, trying something out. Exactly. So there is a difference. And I and I understand that, you know, this is very confusing um, for me as a business owner. I had uh, no idea about registered apprenticeships. Uh, I had a lot of misconceptions about them. And um, I honestly believe that this is the strongest, most powerful way that many small businesses are able to compete with big business at this point. Now, outside of union carpenter programs, there haven't been a lot of organized apprenticeship programs in the woodworking industry. Why do you think that is? That's a really good question. And that's what, when we started, uh, my business partner, who also happens to masquerade as my husband outside of work, um, when we decided to start our business in 2016, frankly, we were really convinced that there was not enough attention being paid to the uh, to training and mentoring in this industry. And we set about to, first of all, look and see what was available in the Metro Detroit area as far as with finished carpentry and cabinet making in the school systems. There are some, you know, uh, a lot of companies say, well, there's no more, uh, you know, education in let's say like middle school and high school, but I was able to find in our area, there are some programs, but overall, I agree with you that outside of the traditional union-based apprenticeship, there, there really was this need for one, especially for all of us small businesses too, to be able to get in on this. Yeah, well, and most most of uh, woodworking shops across the country are not union operations, and so they don't have access to that. And, and the union carpenter programs usually are tend to be more oriented to outside job site construction kinds of things and not the kinds of stuff like you're talking about in the apprenticeship program of, of doing CAD and, and doing uh, uh, panel processing and CNC operating and things like that, which are so vital to today's modern woodworking shop. Now, everybody I talk to in woodworking says they can't find good help. What role can an apprenticeship program play in solving that challenge? So I'm one of our company is an outlier for sure, because we actually have so many people that are applying to be an apprentice. It is 
it's heartbreaking because I have to say, no, I'm sorry that we can't hire everybody who wants to join us. Uh, you know, and in those cases, when I get those emails and we don't have an open position, then I will forward them to our our sister mill workshops in our area. But um, I believe that this is an apprenticeship that is relevant. I think that it is attractive, especially for the next gen employee but also for incumbent employees who are looking to grow their skills and to grow their responsibilities. And so um, uh, when you are uh, advertising that you have this apprenticeship, so the way that this apprenticeships work is that it's a little bit different from just putting an ad in the paper and hiring somebody and promising them an apprenticeship. It can work that way, but typically the Department of Labor likes to have the business go ahead and work with them on establishing and enrolling their company in a registered apprenticeship program, and then you can go out and recruit. And recruitment can be not only through your own methods like social media or you know doing an ad um, in a traditional way, but the workforce development agencies and even the schools that you will partner with in the apprenticeship are going to be out there trying to recruit for you. So it is uh, one way that I think businesses are going to be surprised that they're going to be able to find passionate people who are committed to joining them because of the fact that they have adopted a registered apprenticeship. Now, tell us about your personal experience with your first apprentice in the shop and you and your husband, uh, you know, working with with that gentleman and, and how that that came about and how it works out. So uh, Logan Leinbach is our country's first graduate of the Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship, and he came to us, believe it or not, from the community college that helped us write this new apprenticeship. They have a manufacturing program. They said that they had this student who had seen us on social media. He came to them and said, hey, do you know these people at Burke? They said, yes, we're actually talking with them about apprenticeship. And he said, I would really like an introduction. And so they came to us with his resume and said, this young man is someone who certainly you should look at for hiring. And honestly, it was Logan and his desire to be in a registered apprenticeship that got the ball rolling on us creating this, this new program. So what's the, the advantage for another company getting involved in, in doing this, what, you know, what you say, a registered apprenticeship, what does that mean? And, and what, what does that give for the company? So a registered apprenticeship is one that is not only listed and approved as far as the competencies that are part of the apprenticeship. So it is fully, uh, you know, vetted. Uh, we have uh a lot of experts that looked at, okay, what does it mean to be competent in being able to create shop drawings? 
What is it to be fully competent in the ability to uh, apply a lacquer finish? What is it to be, uh, you know, fully competent in cabinet building? And so the, the good news is for a company, they don't have to worry about what are the you know, what are the competencies and how do we express them? Because those are already written. And as well, this is actually as not only a registered apprenticeship, it is also a registered occupation with the uh, with the Department of Labor, just like, for example, a pipe fitter or a doctor or a lawyer. These are all professions that are recognized in, you know, by the Department of Labor, but now woodwork manufacturing specialist is in there too. That's great all by itself because there's in the past, there's been a lot of problems in some of the, the job classifications that just didn't really be, they just weren't really appropriate for the woodworking industry as it is in the modern sense. Um, It was just kind of, you had to gather, you know, multiple classifications that sort of overlapped what the real jobs are today. Exactly. And that's why we're really excited about the fact that for the, I think really uh, that we're seeing some tremendous change and change for the good in the Department of Labor and the Office of Apprenticeship, where they really are out there looking at at how do you modernize that whole organization. That's great. Now, your your uh, gentleman that you had as an apprentice, um, how long have you been working with him now? Yeah, so he uh, it took him uh, four years to complete it. So during the time that we were writing the apprenticeship, and the, the interesting thing is working with the Department of Labor and the Office of Apprenticeship is that there was always a chance that they would reject this. Um, they didn't because I definitely I knew that we were onto something very important in our industry and I just would not take no for an answer. And so during the time that uh, we were writing this, he was doing all of the um, the things that once the apprenticeship was approved, he was just moved into it. So um, he now that he has um, completed his training, I mean, just the amount of skills growth that Logan has, he is so flexible and competent as an employee and as someone in our shop who now is a tremendous mentor um, we actually have the country's second uh, apprentice in woodwork manufacturing starting this Thursday, and her name is Allison, and she has uh, she's joining us, uh, and we're very excited because we know the power of the experience that Logan went through is going to help us with. Allison's training because Logan and I think going through the apprenticeship program, the apprentice uh, takes in that mentoring and, and, you know, learns the value of mentoring and so is able to become a mentor themselves once the once they have uh, completed the program. Not to mention becoming a full time uh, productive employee. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, apprenticeships are full-time positions. 
your employees work 40 hours a week. They also, and this is during the time that they also receive on the job training. So every registered apprenticeship has two components to them. The first is on the job training. And the second is required technical instruction. So they, re, they get their required technical instruction. They can get them from a variety of places. For us, we have our apprentices going to our local community college and taking classes in their manufacturing program. And that's all done on their own time. Now, companies can pay for their tuition, but they don't have to. Uh, there is a lot of scholarships that are available. Um, our new uh, apprentice coming in, she was able to get a $5,000 scholarship, which is going to pay for all of her tuition for her required technical instruction, as well as her books and uh, and in um, and other uh, things that she's going to need. We're really excited that she was able to get this private scholarship. Also, I can be honest and tell you that we also are receiving funding from jobs for the future. So our company is receiving $2,000 because we have hired a a woman, which in apprenticeships is recognized as an underrepresented class. So not only $2,000 for us to help cover the expenses on the job training through the state, we also are receiving $3,500. And we also are receiving funding to pay for all of our new apprentices hand tools. So what you're saying is is participating in this program opens the door to to funding to to make it easier to to onboard this person that is is going to be not exactly productive initially to the company because you're going to be training them and getting them getting them up to speed. Exactly. And th and that's the beauty. I honestly will also tell uh businesses that I love talking with about how important it is to make a relationship with your workforce development agencies who all at this point have a an apprenticeship coordinator. So making a relationship with them as well as your local community college or you may have a uh, a company, for example, that you're getting your CNC from, and they might be able to uh, offer training, and you can get funding for that. And so just making relationships with the people in the know are the, is, is the key to all of this in my mind. Now, with all of that background, what exactly is an apprenticeship ambassador? What, what is this new certificate or assignment or whatever it is? What does that mean? So obviously my experience of, you know, writing this apprenticeship was the first part of everything that got me to this point. The second part was when I realized, okay, this is now a nationally approved workshop or uh, apprenticeship that's available to any wood industry company across the country. 
I thought, okay, well, I better start telling them. And so now I spend a great deal of my time talking with companies across the U.S. And I really, really enjoy it. And through that process of just talking about the woodwork manufacturing specialist components, I found that I have to start even uh, more simply by talking about what is a registered apprenticeship and what's the difference between that and an internship. So over the last like two years, I've had to elevate my game and learn all about what apprenticeships are. So because of that, the I've been in contact with the Department of Labor's apprenticeship office on a pretty regular basis. And when they said that they were starting this apprenticeship uh, and, uh, this apprenticeship ambassador initiative, it was like, hey, you should apply because one of the things that makes us, our company so unique is because we're not a workforce development agency. We're not a educational partner. We're an actual small business. And I think be, they're really excited to have me on board because of the fact that a lot of small businesses or businesses in general aren't out there being as passionate about trying to tell others about what this is all about. So I had to apply uh, for this and they uh, say that, you know, now that I uh, was appointed to a two year term, that one of the things that I'm tasked with is, is promoting and expanding awareness about the benefits of registered apprenticeships. So something that I've already been doing previously, but now I just have this fancy title to go along with it. <laughs> well, the one of the things I think is, is really key is what you were talking about there about coming from the business side. You're not a, a government bureaucrat, uh, although you have some academic experience. I know you're you're not coming from a school situation either. And so you ought to be able to more effectively relate with uh, small manufacturers and custom shops that, that are looking to this uh, apprenticeship idea to perhaps make it easier for them to, to fill that skills gap. Right. I think that that's uh, something that that makes uh, my company and what I'm doing unique. And I love it. I, I love to be able to go in to other uh, wood industry shops. Um, I'm always like this avid uh, learner. I love learning. So going into other shops, I'm talking with other businesses about their struggles. I find there's a lot of commonality. And for me personally, it makes me feel like, okay, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm not alone in the struggles that we're that we all seem to be having. So it is, it's a very rewarding for me. How significant do you think this is for the larger woodworking industry to to have this? this uh, beginning seed, if you will, of a, a apprenticeship program specific for our industry? I think it's tremendous because it's not just about the woodwork manufacturing specialist apprenticeship. Yes, it's on the books and it can be customized, but 
like I said previously, the Office of Apprenticeship is tasked with becoming more modernized, more flexible, uh, more inclusive of small business in particular and the needs of small business across the board. So for us in the wood industry, I think this is our opportunity to get a seat at the table to say, here's what we need and for us to be able to go out there and uh, create even more apprenticeships. Because now that we've already done one, if that if one size does not fit all, then let's make others and let's see exactly how we can transform our industry as a whole. Well, that's great. What can woodworking companies do to take advantage of this new program? Who do they talk to? What, what What's their first step? Yes. So, of course, uh, you can contact me. Uh, and I'm at Kelly at BurkeMillwork.com. But I also say that businesses should contact their local workforce development agency. So in Michigan, we have an organization which is Michigan Works. And so they are the ones that have a, uh, for if you're in Michigan, and um, ask for their apprenticeship coordinator. Another first step I always say is to make a relationship with your local community college. So even if they don't have wood as a program, see if they have, if you are a company and you would like someone, an apprentice that is competent in CAD to make shop drawings, look to see if that local community college offers CAD classes or manufacturing CNC classes. And they also, community colleges also have apprenticeship coordinators. So I firmly say to businesses, your first steps need to be going out and getting relationships, at least introducing yourselves and talking to the, those apprenticeship coordinators. I think that that your experience too uh, is something that that other companies should learn from. You know, you said earlier that uh, the gentleman you got as your first apprentice, uh, he was aware of you because of your higher profile in the area through all of these contacts and and some of the the uh, social networking and things like that that you'd been doing and and I think that there are a lot of companies that uh, could benefit from having a little higher profile in their communities and not just staying so insular in their shops uh and uh, uh, that can lead to to more contacts but uh, um, some of some of these things, uh, you know, it's it gets to be a chicken or the egg. I think on some of them, you know, you you need to uh, uh, prime the pump or so to speak, get things going. Exactly, and it's hard. Many small businesses don't have the the kind of business model that our ours does, which is uh, Barry is out in the back and he's doing the actual work and I'm in the front and I have this ability to do all of these um, other things other than actually working the work in the business. Yeah, yeah, that's important. There's lots of hats to be worn. Well, this yeah. is a, a great 
uh, start. Uh, I think that uh, uh, there's lots more we can talk about uh, in the future about apprenticeship stuff. And I, I would love to hear more case histories as we get to know them of different companies and how they're using this program. So, you know, please let us know on that sort of thing. We'll uh, provide some contact information for folks so that they can get in touch with you and, and get started. And uh, uh Good luck as the new apprenticeship ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with any of you that would like to learn more. That's great. Thanks, Kelly. This has been a really good session. It's been great being here. Thank you. That's it for today. If you want to contact Kelly directly about apprenticeship programs, send email to Kelly, that's K-E-L-L-Y, at burkemillwork.com, which is spelled B-U-R-K-E, millwork.com. If you are looking for more of our podcasts, you can find all of them at woodworkingnetwork.com slash podcasts and in popular podcast channels. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thanks again to today's sponsor, the Executive Briefing Conference. If you have a comment or topic you'd like us to explore, contact me at will.sampson at woodworkingnetwork.com. Thanks for listening.